It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. You're listening to BGN Radio. First and 10 at their own 31. Coach the man in motion. And the gun is Jones. He backs up, fires over the middle, and it is intercepted. Passing down the right sideline and in for the touchdown is Nolan Carroll. He did that last year, too. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? This is Brandon Lee Gowton. I'm here with Matt Daring, and we are on BGN Radio number 183. This is right after the Eagles beat the Indianapolis Colts by a final score of 33-23. to Eagles advanced to 3-0 in the preseason. Big, big things happening for the Eagles in this summer. You know, 3-0, big deal. Uh, what's going on, Matt? How are you feeling? Uh, pretty good. Just watched some good football and can't wait for it to actually matter. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny. Obviously, I feel like we have to start out by mentioning that, you know, the Eagles had a preseason game last year <laughs> where it was also the third preseason game, and they also won. Everybody and... everybody just turned off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's kind of just funny that we're in the same spot one year later where, you know, the Eagles have this good third preseason game, and you know, it's kind of – because of last year, you know, you're trying to keep expectations in check and everything, but at the same time, you know, we saw a lot of good things tonight. Uh, we had to start – I think with our overall impressions, and I'm going to start off by saying, you know, uh, the offense. I mean, we've been we've been waiting all preseason for this Eagles offense to really show something, and they haven't so far. They they barely even played, obviously, the first week because of the the early turnover in the game, and and then last week against the Steelers uh, didn't really look so great. Had a number of penalties that kind of killed drives, you know. But this week they got an extended look, and uh, it was a good overall performance for them. Three solid touchdown drives. Uh, Matt, how do you think the offense looked tonight? I think they looked pretty good. Obviously, they uh, it looked like they were playing in a, you know in a rhythm. Uh, I thought that was kind of important. That you know now that they've had this most extended look, they looked like they settled into a little bit of something. It wasn't like maybe the most explosive, exciting thing that you could really imagine. Um, it looked like it seemed like at times they had some trouble running the ball, but uh, you know for the most part, pass protection held up. Uh, a lot of plays were there. Things were there when they looked for them. Uh, Bradford didn't check it down too much, and we saw some good plays from uh, some of the guys we needed to see some good stuff from, uh, which I guess we'll get into a little bit later. But I thought the offense looked really good. Um, if they can sort of come out and look a little bit like this, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, and Sam Bradford especially. I mean, I think you know I've been kind of getting on him. As I do sometimes, a little bit, especially earlier in the preseason, just you know, a lot of checkdowns, just not not very impressive. It's not like he was suddenly slinging it down the field tonight, but still, you know, there was there were some good throws. I really liked him throwing beyond the sticks for for once in uh, early in the game to Chris Gibbons. That was a really good. Throw. <laughs> Sammy sticks. Sammy sticks. Um, 
overall, though, just really good game for him. 17 for 20, uh, 167 yards, two touchdowns. The interception of his was not his fault, obviously. Nelson Aguilar, who... That was, <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. man. He's he's just bad. You know, I, yeah. I texted you guys. He's just he's just bad. And it's you know, it's it's really a shame, you know, you you invest this first round pick in a guy like this and you would just hope even if he could just be average, I mean that would be obviously not ideal, but that would be all right, salvageable. I mean, Nelson Aguilar is just not looking very good at all. Uh, but I don't want to get too much into him right now. I want to, you know, keep on Bradford and just, you know, a re- again, a really strong game for him. And even Chase Daniel, I thought, you know, was he was solid, nine for twelve. Under four yards, one touchdown, one two eight point five rating. So yeah, I got a, I got a kick. I saw him overthrow someone, and I was like, "There's that arm." <laughs> well, it's <laughs> funny because I think it, he's. I've said this all offseason. Like he's not afraid to take chances, which I kind of like out of a backup. Uh, get a little aggressive there. Uh, he, he had that really really rough start, obviously, in that Eagles Bucks game where people yeah. were like, "Oh, why did the Eagles give this guy all this money?" I think you know. In the Steelers game last week, in this game, you know, we've seen Chase settle in, and obviously Sam looking good, and just the offense as a whole kind of just picking it up here. Now, you know, it should be noted, you know, the Colts were playing without a lot of key players. They were without their best pass rusher in Mathis, and, you know, they were without their, uh, I think, like six cornerbacks, including three of their best ones. So, you know, it's not exactly like they're facing the stiffest competition and it's preseason and all of this. But one thing, you know, again, staying with the offense here, I think a big reason why Bradford looked so good was the offensive line. I mean, I think the protection was great. Uh, what did you see out of them, Matt? Uh, yeah, I thought it held up pretty well. I'm trying to remember. I mean, there was that big uh, that big slip up early on where the linebacker came through unblocked. But first play, yeah. Uh, was that the first? Yeah, first or second play, one of those. And and um, but that didn't seem like that was really anybody's fault or, you know, maybe it was just a miscommunication and, and that stuff mm-hmm. will happen, but uh, and they haven't had a lot of continuity there. So you sort of think that once things get a little more settled there, that, um, that, that sort of thing will come down. But, uh, I think other than that, I thought they held up pretty well. I thought that, you know, they showed some athleticism. Uh, Jason Peters looked good. Uh, he was, he's looking svelte. He's looking like the, uh, <laughs> like the, the Jason Peters of old. Um, you know, I, I guess, uh, uh, there's been a lot of talk about being worried about him. So it was nice to see that he was, he was back out there. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, did anything stick out to you? I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, is, am I, am I missing something? You know, what's the answer? What'd you get for number two? I think it's just really impressive how the offensive line has kind of come together here. I mean, they're not, it's not like a very, uh, it's not a unit that's had a lot of time playing together. Obviously, you know, you Peter's at left tackle, your favorite player on the entire team, or maybe second player behind Connor Barwin, Steven Wisniewski, <laughs> you know, started at left guard. And I thought he was fine, I guess. I didn't really notice him either way. Uh, Kelsey in the middle, Brandon Brooks at right guard, and then, you know, uh, Alan Barber out at right tackle. And for that group to kind of just come in here and, and, like, just, you know, give Sam Bradford basically all the time he wanted tonight, you know, I think it's encouraging. I don't think, you know, we're, we're going to see, uh, obviously, that clean of a pocket when the regular games start. And I think Su- Sulamalo will take over. Uh, when he gets healthy, but uh, overall, just you know, I was kind of just surprised by that. And then it, it wasn't even just pass protection. I think you know the running game. We saw that get off to a really good start. Matthews had some good runs. Uh, Barner is looking. Barner's just had a good preseason, just in general. Yeah, yeah. And even Smallwood, I think he only had a couple of carries before he left early with an injury. And I guess we'll transition transition to injuries real quick here. But I thought like just him. When he got those few touches, he you know he, he showed me something too. So, uh, what do we got here on the injury front, Matt? What are we looking at? Uh, well, I guess Bradham left and he came right back. Um, mm-hmm. That was sort of the first uh, kind of <gasps> moment of the night. But um, uh, Vinny Curry seems like he's going to be okay. Um, who else was there? Uh, Smallwood left with the injury, and then uh, oh, Taylor man. Hart. Taylor Hart. That's right. Yeah, you know, and Taylor Hart was having a game. He was having himself a day and. You know, I hope it's not too serious. I hope he doesn't, you know, land on IR or something. But, um, you know, he was looking like he could make a push to make the team. Uh, there was one play where he just, like, he just, like, chucked his guy. I mean, obviously, I don't think that the guy was, hey, you know, got his head up in time or something. But he just, like, chucked his guy and went back there and blew up. I think it was a running play there late in the first quarter that he just, you know, completely obliterated. And uh, that was pretty cool to see. I mean, Taylor, Taylor Hart's like a big ham sandwich. I think that's, like... Uh, that this was going to be sort of his year to to play pretty well and i don't know um you know fingers crossed that he's okay because uh if even if you know he's not going to make the team that could be a, a trade piece 
Yeah, we and we've seen his name mentioned in trade rumors by Jason Lockenfora. Uh I believe that Hart stop was on third and one or fourth and one. One it was one of those and Hicks was in there too on one of those. Yeah, I think yeah. they both got involved. Really and just you know, talking about those kind of stops, I mean like what haven't like the Eagles defense, like what more could you ask for this preseason? I mean, they've been doing everything. Like they they've been there was a tough stop early in the game in the red zone after the Eagles had that unfortunate turnover by Aguilar. You know, the Eagles' defense, starting defense, you know, buckled down against the Colts and held them to a field goal. McLeod uh, almost took it back. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. He, almost, he, he almost even made a – I mean, the Eagles, I think, have had 10 defensive turnovers in the preseason, which is insane. <laughs> um, they're, they're getting pressure on a regular brace basis. Brandon Graham has been awesome. I yeah. mean, we, we talk about that first sack, and, you know, Connor Barwin gets the credit for it. But, I mean, it was all Brandon Graham just, like, just killing the right tackle and pushing him into the backfield with a – uh, it's a dominant bull rush and, and obviously forcing Lucky out. And in Barwin there was, was there to clean it up, which is always great. But, I mean, just even Fletcher Cox they had uh, at some points lining out a defensive end, which is I think is a fun look. And he, he just lit up Andrew Luck. Luck, uh, Luck got the pass off, of course. But still, I mean, just there's so many options there. And, you know, talking about Taylor Hart and even a guy like Bo Allen who's been really – uh, transitioning nicely from 3-4 nose tackle to 4-3 defensive end. There's so much talent, on I think, on the defense overall, but just really this defensive line, there's a lot of depth there too, which I think is funny because I think going into the summer and going into training camp and everything, we didn't necessarily think that or know that. I think there was a lot of question marks about these guys, but you know, this defense, not even just the starters, but like the depth too, it's, it's looking very encouraging. Yeah, and it's nice to have the confidence to know that you've hit on a couple of these things, you know. You always think like, well, some will break some way and some won't, but it's always nice when a little bit more break your way than don't. Um, and I think that's sort of what we're seeing here as far as these guys making the transition because, you know, depth is always a concern, but suddenly we've got, you know, some linebackers that are looking okay. We've got some, you know, DBs that are looking okay. We have some defensive linemen that are looking okay. You know, I think that there's something there to keep an eye on, something there to watch makes this team um, makes this team a little fun, and it, it should be interesting to, to see if this sort of becomes their identity or not. Matt, we're going to do one good player, one bad player. We've already hit on a couple of players, but one good, one bad. I want you to start off, give me your one good player, and then we'll go back to me with my good player, and then back to you with bad, and back to me with bad. Right, sure. No, I got it. So can you say that again? Yeah, so just ignore everything I just said, and just give me your one good player. Okay, sure. <laughs> uh, I guess my good player, uh, you might have said him already. Well, we've talked about a lot of the good ones. Um uh, I guess I'll take Brandon Graham. I think um, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of his game. Uh, I think it's interesting that Jim Schwartz is sort of putting him. Uh, we've seen him. We've seen him lining up on the right side, or against, I guess I should say, against the right tackles a lot mm-hmm. um, so far in this preseason. And I don't know if that's that's something that they're going to stick with. But I mean, Brandon Graham versus a right tackle is a huge mismatch. Brandon Graham is stronger, he is faster, and he is more agile than any right tackle that you will find in the NFL. I mean without it without an exception wouldn't you say i mean this dude is uh like this dude was the strongest guy in the locker room there a few years ago and like i mean yeah just just watching him out there like you said he he got he got disruption he was like he was in the backfield like making noise like eight plays in the first quarter it was insane uh so yeah my vote's gonna go to brandon graham for the good Brandon Graham was the top rated, I believe, or he was he led the NFL in pass rush productivity PFF signature stat back in 2012 when the Eagles were last running their 4-3 defense and, you know, the wide nine and everything. Also, he led the NFL in penalties drawn by a defensive end that year. So, you know, we've seen him be good in the 4-3, and I feel like, you know, that was a couple of years ago, so we forgot about that. Maybe, or some, maybe some people didn't give him enough credit at the time, but, yeah. I mean, you know, he's, he's picking up right where he left off, and, and obviously he's had a lot of time to gain strength and gain confidence since then. So, yeah, I'm right with you there. I'm Brandon, Brandon Graham, big fan of uh, his initials, too, which just happened to be BLG. BLG. Oh, well, so, so, uh, so who's your good guy, BLG? Lay so on. my good guy. Uh, it has to be Doriel Green Beckham, and I know that's kind of like a, it's, it's not a great pick because it's not like he had this awesome night. But I, I feel like we had to mention him. You know, I just, I'm a big. Here's the, here's why I always have a soft spot for big guys. And it's not only because I'm six nine. <laughs> uh, it's also because when I first started following the Eagles, it was in 2004, and it, part of why I got so into the Eagles was Terrell Owens. You know, I was really excited. You know, the Eagles had this big guy. I just thought he was so much fun to watch, and it was it was really like. I was spoiled in a way because, you know, I didn't, uh, you know, there's not many players, you know, who have that kind of size and that kind of red zone ability. And, and I'm not saying 
uh, Dorio Green Beckham is T.O., although that is exactly what I'm saying. You heard it here uh, first, folks. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I just really, you know, we, we joke about it all the time and how people are like, oh, you know, the Eagles need a red zone threat. Well, I mean, like, this guy is it, man. I mean, you saw it tonight. Uh, Sam Bradford just threw the ball up there. It doesn't even need to be a perfect pass, although it was a nice pass. And there was just nothing the you know the cornerback can do it's I just love that play because there's like you can the cornerback can be in perfect position he can do everything right it just comes down to the wide receiver being taller than the cornerback and I think Jimmy Kemsky has made a good point of this uh there's there's not a ton of tall cornerbacks there's not a ton of tall quarterbacks in the NFL in general but especially in the NFC East and to have a guy like Giorgio Green Beckham uh to add him in the red zone and then you're doing it too when you're you're doing these three tight end looks and I think that's when the Eagles did score, so you just—I think it's a very strong red zone package, and I think the Eagles are going to be good down there this year. Yeah, uh, totally agree. I guess um, honorable mention will go to Josh Huff. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and let's uh, let's talk about the the man on the other side of the good bad Josh Huff coin, uh, the guy who I thought was going to be my bad player is going to be Nelson Aguilar. Oh. Um, did he? I don't think he made another play besides the ball that hit him right in the hands, led him, mm. and that he just sort of <sighs> gifted. I don't know. Man, that sucked. That just sucked a lot. I'm not sure what the good what a good word for it other than it just sucked. Yeah, he just he just gave that up and, and I don't know if it's a focus issue. It's certainly I mean, it's certainly not a talent issue. Like he was there, he had his hands in the place. He was, you know, it's not like he fell down or he wasn't running fast enough or whatever. So, you know, it's got to be a focus issue. And, you know, maybe he should, I don't know, focus better. But, like, either way, I, I just, this was this was not a good performance from him. And, and he sort of was like, well, he was down and then he was up and down. And then now he's back to down, you know. So mm-hmm. that's, that's definitely more bad than good. And that's not what you want to see, you know, in the NFL. Yeah, it's man, it's it's just so again, it's so rough. The Eagles spend a first round pick on this guy, and he's just giving you nothing. Like yeah. he's there's just nothing. I just I don't even know like skill set. Like what's the skill set he's bringing to this team? You know what I mean? It's just just well, he was supposed first, to he was supposed to be a yak guy, but it seems like right. the only time he gets that sort of thing. I don't know. Yeah, Ugh. I mean, even with some of these other Eagles receivers who are struggling, I mean, you look at a guy like Josh Huff, and for as much crap as I've given him, and I like Josh Huff in the past, but but I mean, you know, he. He, you, it's hard to get the ball in his hands, but if you do, and I, I thought that was an, a great play by the Eagles, big credit to to offensive mastermind Doug Peterson <laughs> running the jet sweep there. In the, in the, you know, it's funny we joke about that, but it's like, man, you look at this Eagles offense, and I'm getting off topic a little here, but I'm just thinking about that that Huff touchdown and and about how like just uncreative Chip Kelly's offense was at time, and he was supposed to be the guy who was supposed to be like you know change the NFL and be creative and everything. And it just wasn't at times, and and to see the, that kind of uh, creativity from Doug, I think early is you know it's a it's a, it's a refreshing sign. But to to get back on topic here, as far as a bad player, I don't think there was the one player who necessarily like struggled really heavily outside of you know Aguilar is the easy pick, as much as you know uh, uh, there there were some guys you know who made mistakes. You know Najee Good let up a touchdown late in the game. Uh, we we saw Cody Parkey miss a field goal or an extra point even sorry and then you know that's he's had a rough season all off season. Uh, my pick is kind of going to be a guy who didn't necessarily struggle as much as I just think it's probably not a great sign that Ruben Randall didn't really play much at all. I think he didn't come in with the starters until like nine minutes left in the or nine minutes into the second quarter, only five minutes left. Uh, that's probably not a good sign for him and his roster chances. We've seen Randall's effort be questioned, and, and he just hasn't really had a great summer. Uh, I think, to me, that's my loser or my, my one bad player for the game. And, and getting into cuts, and even before I even mention that, uh, Dave Spadaro kind of even mentioned, he, Dave Sp- when, when Dave Spadaro is yeah. like <laughs> highlighting the fact that like you're not playing, and he also in the same breath mentions that like cuts are coming up, I mean, like, that's just not a good sign. Yeah, and they, and they cut to him looking like a guy who knew that. <laughs> and, but like, and it's funny, like I guess we'll talk about this, like, the, like this was the final nail in his coffin, but this dude, if this dude was, was like had any chance of making the team, he would have played tonight. And yeah. and he didn't. So he'll take his five hundred grand and he'll go somewhere. You know, maybe he'll go down to Arizona or wherever and keep in shape for a little while. And then you know the Bears or someone stupid will sign him. But like, yeah, this guy is this guy is not on the team. I, here's one for you. Does he make the seventy five? 
Well, that's that's a good question, Matt, and that's that's a great transition to our next topic. You know, Eagles cuts are coming up obviously soon. Uh, before they get down to the 53, they have to get down to 75 by 4 p.m. this Tuesday. Now, obviously, uh, the Eagles don't have to wait until that day. You know, a lot of teams make their cuts kind of right after the third preseason game. We've seen some other teams do that around the league. We've already seen the Eagles cut down a little bit from 90. I mean, they they were at 90 last week or so, and they I think they're about I think they're 84 right now, and that includes Joe Walker, who they'll probably eventually put on injured reserve. So that's one roster spot freed up. Uh, do you think, the question is from Matt, do you think Ruben Randall will make the 75? Man, I think yes, because I think they could give him playing that time in that final game, and you need receivers anyway, but I wouldn't say it's impossible that he doesn't get cut. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't think he has any bonuses or anything, but if I were him, I'd probably be pretty mad that they were going to make me play that fourth game. Like, yeah. I, I would seriously consider calling my agent and being like, get me the hell out of here right now. And either trying to stick somewhere for that fourth game or something else. But, you know, just just being basically the people who get thrown out for the fourth game. And I hate the fourth game. But the people who get thrown out for play for, in this fourth game are, are just they're just fodder. Right. They're just cannon fodder. I mean, how Mostly. many like nothing good happens in the fourth game. And so, you know, for you to be like, oh, yeah, we'll keep you around because we want you to play in this fourth game. I'd be like, no, uh-uh. but that's why I don't play football. But, um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I would think that the, he doesn't make the 75-man roster because I'm not really sure other than if you need him to take practice time or, yeah, maybe you're right if they want to keep him around for that fourth preseason game. Um, but I, I would just as, just as soon think that either his agent will lean on the team or that the team will like think enough of him as a veteran to be like, we're going to give you a shot to stick somewhere else. Yeah, and he's probably not really helping you on special teams. So, I mean, it's not like you're going to keep him as like this depth guy. No. Uh we had, well, we talked about that last week. I don't think that I don't think that he's a like a big asset on special teams at all. So I'm not really sure what he does, and you know that was why there was that sort of thing for a while that the Huff versus Randall. Who do you keep? And I was thinking, well, it's, I mean, it's no question that Huff is an established, you know, an electric right. returner at the very least, and Ruben Randall is like some guy who was drafted high a few years ago and just ah, <laughs> oh, did you see his? Did you see his quote? I was just—I just wanted. To, I literally brought up that article. T Mac we had talking. this quote, and you know, it was the. Uh, I can read it for you right now. Yeah. Uh, he was obviously asked about, uh, you know, concerns about his consistency and his worth ethic, and he wrote, and uh, Ruben Randall says, "I understand that, but I feel like I get read wrong because I do a lot of things naturally, and it doesn't seem like I'm giving much effort." Yeah, it's the Bobby Abreu defense. But like, if I go out there and make a one-handed catch and make it look effortless, I get praised for it. But if I do all these other things effortlessly, it's like I'm not giving much effort. <laughs> that's just like that's amazing to me. It's uh, like it's like he's almost just saying I'm so good that it just looks it, like I'm not trying. Yeah. Oh, you did you did you think I was playing bad? Well, consider this. Actually, I'm playing very well, and it's so well that it's impossible for you to tell. That is very just, that's almost mind-blowing. It's just like, it's really hard to believe almost for me because it's like this guy, you know, when he was with the Giants, like he was a second-round pick, so it's easy to get complacent because, you know, like, you know the team's going to give you some leniency. Like, dude, you're playing on, like, a one-year deal that isn't very guaranteed. And, yeah, like, and you're fighting for your career, and, like, you're just, what are you doing? Yeah, no, and I don't think that, I, yeah. So I guess if I had to say anything, I would think that he would sort of get the veteran treatment and get the old heave-ho. Um yeah, so I don't know. Let's get you want to get into some ta- uh, some cuts for a second. Uh, I'm not sure if we really want to go through like a full 53 man roster, but right. um, I don't know. Do you want to go position by position? How's that sound? Sure. Uh, you know, quarterbacks obvious. Uh, we don't really have to get into that. Yeah. Running back, I think. I mean, like, I think some people earlier this summer, you know, and and maybe even us weren't totally sure about Kenyon Barner being on the team. But I mean, he's a lock at this point. I mean, we've we've. Wendell Smallwood has missed so much time. He missed the pe- the first two preseason games with a quad injury. Obviously, left early tonight. Uh, you know they have to keep four. Yeah, they're going to keep Smallwood. Obviously, they're going to keep Barner. And Barner's been great on special teams. He had a, I believe, a thirty-five yard kickoff return and a twenty-five yard punt return. So I mean, even you know that's awesome because you know the Eagles obviously they have Darren Sproles. Uh, and it seems like the plan is to get him more involved in offense, at least based on what they've been saying. And 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 it should. Yeah. He's not a big playmaker by any means, but just the fact that he can... I think he's solid. You know, he's a solid running back, and it's not like the Eagles have this, you know, great... Uh, th- well, they're playing in the music committee, so that, you know, that tells you how they feel about their running backs. Yeah. And obviously, Matthews is 
ticking time bomb. So to have a just a solid guy like Barner is, <laughs> is fine. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, I guess for DBs, uh, if I'm looking through here, I'm thinking, uh, you know, so 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 it seems to me that Denzel Rice is off the team. Yeah. Um, he hasn't really impressed. Maybe practice squad. Maybe, um, but I don't think so. Yeah, he's. El- I mean, he has the eligibility, mm-hmm. but um, I'm trying to think. Uh, well, Ed Reynolds see, is probably off the team. I'm trying to just yeah. go through and see who's going to make the team this year that wasn't on there last year. Um, and that's CJ Smith. So I think right, CJ Smith. Yeah, that, and that's somebody we haven't even gotten to yet, but he played really well. Mike Mayak was all about him. Uh, and first team reps above Eric Rowe and Jalen Mills. Kind of interesting. Yeah, and um, yeah, Mike Mayak, such a weirdo. Um, so, <laughs> so I think if we're looking at this, you know, we've got we've got a couple of starters, got a couple of backups. Um, but then I think if it comes down to you know Aaron Grimes, uh, Jacory Shepard, CJ Smith, you know Jalen Mills. I guess there's one or two roster spots for those guys oh and i think we can agree that jalen watkins is making the team over ed reynolds right oh absolutely so i would say i don't know back in the napkin math says there's probably two two spots for those four guys so cj smith jacory shepherd aaron grimes and um uh who was the last one i said oh jalen mills i don't know who do you think makes the team i think they keep six corners i think it's you know mckelvin carol are your starters brooks is your slot guy uh doug said Mills is over row, so I guess Mills is the fourth, and then you. I think he's kind of at best, really though. He should be utilized only more so as a backup slot because the deep speed isn't there with him. Yeah. Uh, row is your fifth, and then to me, I'm keeping Smith as my sixth. I, I know Grimes has had a good summer, but he also has that AC sprain, and I think he's going to be out for at least a couple weeks here. Yeah. So I feel like you kind of can't keep him on the team. Especially if he's hurt, maybe try to get him on the practice squad or something. Yeah, and he is. Um, he is practice squad eligible. He's, you know, he's, uh, mm-hmm. he's like a fake rookie, only twenty five years old. CFL for a little while, you know. And I think that even a practice squad in the NFL play, pays better than the CFL, so that would be a step up for him. Yeah, so I think it's them, and then at safety, I, th- I think it's only four. I think it's uh, your two obvious starters, yeah. uh, Jenkins and McLeod, and then Maragos is your special teams guy. And then Watkins has had a great summer and he's earned a lot of praise from Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz he's proud, said he is proud of uh, Jalen Watkins. Uh, he's a uh, PFF's number one rated safety here in the preseason. Yeah, and so. it's, and it's funny cause it's like, it's not only, we know we've known Jalen Watkins can cover. That's something he's been able to do in the past, but yeah. the tackling has improved like a lot, which is really just surprising. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, See, as I'm going through the positions here, uh, do you think there's space on the team for Chris Pantale? I think they want they want him on the team for some reason. I think they. <laughs> I, it's tell us how you really feel, BLG. I just don't see anything great out of him. I guess like I feel like they just really want a fullback. They yeah. do. I mean, not but not like actually just like save a roster spot for a fullback. But they want a guy who can play fullback. I don't think they see Trey as that guy. I think they see Pantali as that guy, and he also can contribute on special teams, I guess. But I'm not. I'm not thrilled about that. I feel like yeah. maybe that's a guy kind of spot where you look at, you know, the waiver wire, try to try to add a guy there. BLG is not into it. Well, I mean, one guy that they've been using at fullback is Dillian Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could be that could be your fullback right there. You know, maybe they yeah. like him a little bit better. Uh, they have had um, Pantali involved in the offense quite a bit. Here, so I mean, maybe, but maybe we're talking more of a like a practice squad kind of a uh, uh, kind of guy. He's which he's a, he was last year, yeah. Yeah, he's still eligible, right? Mm-hmm. Um, good. Here I am, just talking this out here on a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, so okay, wide receiver. Uh, I think this is the this is the main event. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Uh, would you say there's three locks? Yeah, easily. Two two locks. No, three. You think there's three? So I guess the locks would be Matthews, Aguilar, and well, uh, oh, that's an, now that I think about that. No, oh, right? They can't. They can't cut Aguilar. Let's put this they to bed right now. Yeah. Uh, no, they wouldn't cut him. But I was thinking trade, but they probably can't. That probably doesn't make sense. Who the hell's going to trade for him? All right, I'm not doing this. Look, it's, that's <laughs> that's not happening. Uh, I'm sorry. I know that we're all very mad at him, but um, yeah, he's staying. Yeah, he's he's not going anywhere uh he uh, costs five million dollars to cut that's costs yeah and, and trade is uh let me look. 1.7 yeah so uh all right so there again there are three there are, i would say that there are three, three locks um i would say that it's matthews Aguilar, and doriel green beckham mm-hmm. wouldn't you agree right at this point so um you know you're talking about that then we're talking about what do you think they keep five or do they keep six 
And look, if if anybody's adding these up at home, first of all, you're a nerd, and second of all, I'm sorry, <laughs> this might this might we might be allocating 55 spots or whatever, but you know, this is just who we are. So, um, do, yeah, do you think? Uh, I mean, I guess Huff. He's Huff's got to make the team. You I know, think he's making it. They yeah. they came out this week. They had a plan for him. They yeah. they managed it well. He executed. He had that great catch and run. He had that other you know kind of thing. It takes me. I remember uh, last year when Macklin was in Kansas City. They had this thing that they would do where they could really reliably trick the defense into putting a running back on. Um, or sorry, a linebacker on uh, Jeremy Macklin by uh, by moving him to the backfield. And, you know, and they'd, they'd all man up and, you know, you'd see 54 here on number 18 and or number 19. And here comes number 19 streaking open because that's a huge mismatch. And I sort of see Josh Huff as like that kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's a bit of a gadget player, but, you know, he's he's going to be trying to make some plays and they're going to try to manufacture stuff for him. And, and I don't know how well that'll go. I don't think Huff is, you know, the player that Jeremy Macklin is. But uh, I think that at this point, it's it's pretty much a lock that he makes the team. So I guess that leaves one spot left. And we're talking about uh, Chris Givens. Um, well, we'll just go through Chris Givens, Marcus Johnson, Caleb Jones, Reuben Randall, Paul Turner, and David Watford. And I mean, I think that really we're realistically just talking about Givens, Turner, and Randall. Mm-hmm. I mean, who, I think it's pretty. And we cool. already talked about Randall. <laughs> uh, yeah, we talked about. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, I mean, who who do you think of those two? You think is making the team? So, so could be both. I think they could keep six. Yeah. I th- I feel like Turner has to make it. I feel like they've give, they've praised him so much, and I feel like he's just been very consistent. And that's something the Eagles have specifically praised him for being. Uh, I remember asking Frank Reich about like wh- wh- what's all this praise for Paul Turner about? Because like Doug just kept mentioning him, and I was like, you know, what is it? And and that's what Reich said. You know, he said he has great footwork, and he's just he's very consistent this on a daily basis. And that's true from what I saw in practice. Wasn't a lot of drops, just kind of just a reliable guy. Kind of, kind of reminds me, not the same player exactly, but kind of just reminds me of like Doug Peterson's Jason Avant kind of guy in the sense of just like, you know, not like, not a very flashy guy, but kind of just like a solid receiver. And that's something the Eagles can really use right now. And as for Givens, he's had a quiet summer. So I think a lot of people are like, oh, just cut him because he hasn't done anything. To me, it's just about the skill set. Like, you know, and he's honestly, I think he's probably the team's best deep receiver, which isn't very encouraging, and that's not really saying much. But I think what is he had one catch all preseason. He's had one. It was the it was the yeah, one was catch tonight, the, tonight yeah. when he uh, it was uh, beyond the sticks. Yeah, beyond the sticks. Sam. Chris uh, um, Chris Sticks Givens. Yes. So so what are you then? What are you keeping then? Five or six? Uh, I and guess I I guess I'd have to think that. I don't know. Chris Givens has shown me nothing. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's been barely productive. He's not played. He's not really been out there. Uh, but uh, yeah, I could. I guess you could make the case for it. I think you have to keep Paul Turner, right? Uh, I think a few people yep. have made this point, but that uh, if you don't keep Paul Turner, that sends like com- the completely wrong message mm-hmm. to the team too. And I think that that's something that they're super into right now. Um, just based on like all of the messaging that we've seen coming through the media, all of the messaging that we've seen coming from the team, you know, and then all the messaging about messaging that they've said, like, look, we want to send the right message to the right guys. That's why we paid these guys. That's why we hired Brian Dawkins. That's why we promoted Brian Dawkins. That's why, you know, uh, Doug is here. That's why we've got this, that, and the other thing. That's why Carson's here, and, you know, Carson's my favorite, and I didn't really mean that. All my kids are my favorites, but, you know, like, I, all, all this stuff. So I think that they have to keep him. And then I guess for me, Gibbons is sort of 50-50. I mean, he's got return experience. That's good, but, I mean, they have Josh Huff, and I think he's, frankly, a better returner. So I don't know. That's not very helpful. <laughs> it's a good thing I don't have to do this. Um, is there any other positions that really stand out to you as a roster bubble? I guess like we could any- talk about line if you want to finally have it out about Wisniewski. <laughs> the line i think you're looking at um you're looking at nine or so well it's nine and then i'm counting obviously i'm not counting lean because i think you know we we're assuming he's going to be suspended yeah. Eagles are assuming he's going to be suspended i was talking talking to good friend be, and uh fellow bgn writer and bgn radio podcast contributor and npr host patrick wall <laughs> and for some reason patrick thinks lane isn't going to be suspended i don't know exactly why but I, I i'm sorry patrick but you're just wrong so um i well i, I kind of liked his chances using the mexican meat defense but i guess we'll have to see where that goes <laughs> um 
So, okay, so if you want to go through it, you think there's nine. So we have nine. Uh, Kelsey. Uh, Kelsey's definitely making this team. Um, the, yeah, the five starters, obviously. Yeah, so so that's Kelsey, Brooks, uh, Sam Allo, mm-hmm. Peters, and then who are you counting as right tackles? Barber. Barber, right, yeah. And then so we've got four more, and so, I mean, there's some names on here. Um, Wiz is your top backup, yeah. probably at center and guard. Yeah. Uh, unless they decide to go in a different direction there. Nope. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, I know. Look, all right, here's what I'll say about Wisniewski. He is very expensive. If he is your backup center, I think you can get a backup center for cheaper, um, and especially because I'm not really sure what, what value a backup center with some guard versatility really offers. You know, I'm not sure if it's a $3 million guy. Uh, I could certainly see him being trade bait, you know, for a team like, say, the Colts, who just lost Jack Muert. Um, you know, so something like that, that might be something that materializes, but I, I think you're right. I mean, I, I think Wiz is basically a lock to make this team. So that's six, six. And I owe you a Coke, Matt Tobin. Yes. Yeah. Matt Tobin is your, your top swing tackle. Yeah. I think he's played, actually played well this preseason. I've always, I mean, a bunch of people are going to probably give me crap for this, but I've always liked Matt Tobin more at tackle than guard. Yeah. For whatever a few reason, people have said that. Yeah. Um, I mean, even going back a long time ago, Evan Mathis was talking about how much, uh, just raving about Tobin at tackle. Yep. Um, who else That's is there? seven. Uh, so we've got guys like Daryl Green, Dillian Gordon, um, Josh Andrews. Uh, Barrett Jones is terrible. Uh, he's probably, oh. he's like the worst player I've ever seen. It's incredible. Um, and then uh, Big V. Big V, yeah. Hala uh, Pulavati Vaitai. Yes. Um, so I would say that for me, you keep Gordon, you keep Big V. and Oh, so then you're not keeping Gardner. Um, who took a pay cut recently, which I think is interesting. Could mean like that's a sign that he's going to make the team. Yeah, or it could just mean that <laughs> they, they forced the issue a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Do you, I mean, do you keep Gardner? Probably do just because of the experience. Yeah. Well, at the expense of who? Gordon? Probably Gordon, yeah. yeah. Unless you're. I don't know. Well, Jim- you could be keeping Gordon as the quote unquote fourth tight end, even though he's not like a tight end. Jimmy's been talking up Gordon, you know, and Jimmy knows things. I don't know. Uh, that's always true. Um. So, yeah, that would be it. I don't know. Uh, I guess in, a couple, in the next couple of days, we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of chaff here. These guys, these guys whose names that we've never mentioned, and we never will. Like, have you ever heard me say the words Nick Perry before, or um, I, I don't know, even like Byron Marshall or Don Cherry, Quentin Gowes. All actually, all a couple of these linebackers have been sort of disappointing. Mike Tavares was supposed to be something, and he wasn't. And um, Joe Walker, I think, is going to go on IR here in a minute. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, here's one for you. Uh, what do you think the chances are that they go with John De Palma over John Tor- Dorenbos? None. Yeah, I wonder. I don't know. None. I wonder. John Has Do- John Dorenbos taking snaps? I remember he didn't play the first game at all. Yeah, he just was here and he was like sort of hanging around. I don't know. I mean, obviously they probably like him, but uh, his you know it's been well documented that his performance has sort of fallen off a little bit, and now that he's got America's Got Talent. I mean, would you really be surprised if John Dorenbos retired? I would. I would. I would be surprised. He's 36. I, I think he's the oldest guy on the team. He's the longest tenured Eagle. Yeah, he he's is. He's one of the longest tenured, I think behind Ryan Howard, he's like the longest tenured athlete in Philly now. Yeah. With Chuchikon. That's right. May he rest in peace. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that's just something I've sort of been thinking about because I think, I don't know, at least a little bit the writing's on the wall um, as far as that goes. But, you know, what do I know? Um, yeah. I Carson think, Wentz. Yeah, really. Uh, we, we couldn't go a podcast without mentioning the the future of the Eagles franchise. Um, apparently he had a pretty good workout before the game. Uh, he's kind of been doing like light throwing in practice all week with Frank Reich and some of the other coaches. It's off to the side, nothing too big at all. But like tonight, apparently he was like letting it rip. Uh, Doug, after the game, said that there's a, there's a chance he could play this week against the Jets. It's kind of a weird week because, uh, you know, the Eagles just had a game, so it's going to be Sunday, and then they only have a couple of days really to – not it's not even full practice. It's really just going to be a couple of walkthrough days before their their game on Thursday. But it does seem like he's has a, he at least seems like it's possible he might play. Hasn't been ruled out. Matt, do you think that's a good decision if he does play? Well, I guess it depends on whether or not he gets hurt again. Uh, Shouts <laughs> to my other podcast. I don't know. Um, yes, I think do it's. You want to see him? I think. Well, yeah, I want to see him so badly. 
Um, <laughs> so I, I think that that's a good decision. I think that uh, letting him get out there and play and, you know, tantalizing the city a little bit and getting some valuable experience, even if it's, you know, with a bunch of cannon fodder guys and against a bunch of cannon fodder guys, I think that it's um, uh, that's uh, that's something that they, they absolutely have to do. They have to get him more experience while they still can. And, um, yeah. They have to let him uh, duel out Christian Hackenberg. Right, that's right, who just uh, has been playing okay. He he threw a touchdown and stuff. I don't know. Anyway, he had a really good first drive apparently for the Jets against that that great improved Giants defense. <laughs> yeah, the the, the seven hundred million dollar men and and all that crap. But ugh, anyway, speaking of the NFCs. Oh, oh wait, here's one we forgot. Sorry. Oh, uh, what did we forget? Uh, Caleb Sturgis or Cody Parkey? Go. Oh, it's easily you know Caleb Sturgis. Yeah. I mean, just watching the two guys in practice and just games and everything all off season. I mean, Sturgis has literally never, like there's never been a day where it was like, Oh, Cody Parkey was better this day. No, it's like Sturgis has always been the better kicker, man. I didn't realize Caleb Sturgis was five foot nine. Yeah. I'm on the Eagles website right now. <laughs> um, okay. He's a small guy. Yeah. So, um, so sorry. What were you saying? It's, it's, it's not even close. Like there's no, I think some people like, like Parkey better. Cause you know, I think he was a likable guy. It was fun back in 2014 when, like, you know, everyone hated Henry, and they, they traded for this Parky guy, and, like, Parky was, like, doing really well. And, you know, people wanted him to – I think people wanted him to win this competition, but it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, apparently coming across my Twitter feed, Michael Kendricks declined interview requests. Hmm. Um, oh, yeah, he was playing late in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he's not happy about it. But he also missed the first two games, so they might have wanted to give him a longer look. I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm not a fan. Um yeah, so uh, I guess uh, one more, know? one more NFC East note. We have to talk about Romo. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> Tony Romo goes down with a back injury in the Cowboys game. When was that? Thursday night or so? Yeah, and, Thursday night. And they said and the it Cowboys, was fine. Yeah, it's always oh, fine. <laughs> and then totally and Romo fine. even said after the game, he was like, "Oh, I'm glad I took that hit because you know it makes me you know I can get up and then feel good again." You know, like and then. It gets reported that he's out six to ten weeks. Yeah, he broke a bone in his back, and that's no joke. My uh, my dad's uh, had uh, back fracture issues. It's scary stuff, but um, and that is painful too. I mean, it is really painful. Um, yeah. Of course, my dad's not thirty eight. Spoiler alert. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's uh, that's huge news. I mean, they don't have anybody. Kellen Moore was hurt, and Kellen Moore was terrible, and so now they just. I mean, they're they're going to roll into it with Dak Prescott and somebody named Showers. So Jamil Showers, yeah. So who's never played an NFL snap, right? And nor is Dak Prescott. So, um, I mean, they're going to be well. One thing this is leading to is the Cowboys trade one of their many first round picks for um, <laughs> Josh McCown, which is yes. what they were rumored to do in the first place. And and the uh, Browns continued their tanking, their Sixers style tanking. But um, the uh, that that's probably going to be the first thing that we see happen. But man, that's huge. I mean, if you're thinking Dak Prescott's going to be your week one starter, I don't think anybody really thought that, that this was going to be how this went. And uh, I don't know how Dallas is planning on moving the ball. And, you know, you combine it with the fact that their defense is pretty spotty. I think that that's, that's huge news. And, you know, that's great news if you were sort of hoping for the Eagles to have some success this year and, you know, maybe try to make a playoff push. And if you look, we've we've talked, I mean, we obviously we've heard about all the Dak Prescott hype and everything. And it's kind of funny because all of the tension has been on that. But you look at what other teams have done to this Dallas Cowboys defense, which we know isn't very good. I mean, uh, I have some of the numbers here. Case Keenum, 6 for 7, 58 yards. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Tannehill. Well, look, 20. I mean, you can't hope to stop Case Keenum. <laughs> you can't. Uh, Ryan Tannehill was 12 of 20, 162 yards, two touchdowns. Russell Wilson, 16 of 21, 192 yards, two touchdowns. So combined, this is like 34 uh, 48, 70% completion, 412 yards, four touchdowns. I don't think any interceptions. Yeah. Uh, that shout out to Tom Oresco who put those these numbers together on Twitter. Um, so it's kind of funny how you know everyone's like, oh, Dak looks great, and kind of just conveniently ignoring that you know that the Cowboys defense not looking so good. Yeah, and uh, and I mean nobody really expected them to. I think we all expected that they'd be able to sort of move the ball. You know they've got the they've got the run blocking they've got the weapons mm-hmm. and, you know they've got the running back the blah 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 the many first round picks that the, line the yeah the many the many hall of famers they have going on in that roster or, or whatever crap we're talking about but um yeah I mean without Romo this is a whole different season for them I mean they were without Romo last year and they fell apart you really think that like 
you know, Dak Prescott's going to be able to, in his first year, is going to be able to, like, you know, orchestrate that offense to something better than a 4-12 and season, you know, I'm not so sure. Yeah, I mean, we we talk about preseason hype and everything, and, you know, obviously everyone, I, I think he's definitely probably better than, I mean, he's better than we thought, and, like, no one thought he was going to be this good. I mean, he, he deserves credit, you know, I think, for, for what he's done, and, you know, uh, but at the same time, you know, you want to look back at like last year, and and you know, Sam Bradford looked great last year in the summer, and then he didn't start the season so hot. So Nick Foles so we'll had a couple how, of really good preseason games his oh, rookie absolutely. year too. Yeah. Oh, Foles had a great year. I mean, like quarterbacks, it's not unusual for a quarterback to have uh, one great year. You know, it's all about consistency. And so, so before we anoint Dak as the next, <laughs> the next great thing, uh, you know, we'll we'll see we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, Matt. We made it this far. Do you have any final thoughts before we end it? Uh, yeah, I think I said this last week, but I'm sort of looking forward to seeing this offense kind of get a little bit more expanded. Um, uh, Greg Cosell made a point somewhere at some point that in the preseason they they play what they want to be practicing, you know. But um, I think so. I think at a certain extent you get you you get a sense of what they're what they're hoping to do. But I think an equal part of that that you sort of see what they are worried that they're bad at. You know, just like in spring training, you'll see pitchers throw 75 fastballs just because mm-hmm. they want to just see what they can do with their fastball or practice their fastball or whatever. You know, I think that's sort of the same thing that you get here. And, you know, sometimes it's like, man, that fastball is good. And, you know, that's a takeaway. But uh, at other times, you know, you're, you're not really thinking about, like, you know, what's the curveball. So so I'm anxious to sort of see what the curveball is here. Um, I guess I have the sense that, uh, you know, uh, Doug's probably looking at Bradford, and Bradford's always been pretty good at working at the line, you know, and Chip had no interest in that, none, mm-hmm. obviously, famously. You know, that's, like, probably rule number one. Well, rule number one is, like, always drink enough water. Rule number two is, like, don't <laughs> do not do anything at the line. So uh, I guess I'm sort of interested to see, you know, what a little bit more of what this offense looks like with some checks, with some, you know, with some audibles and, uh, you know, not necessarily like a college style no huddle look, but like with a with a quarterback, you know, comes to the line and and, and calls out the play from there kind of thing. Um, that that could be that could be something interesting. So I guess I'm looking forward to it a little bit. Um, I thought that you know we saw a couple of plays tonight where I was you know I was texting with another friend of mine that was like, man, that was a great play. Wait, call. wait, wait, wait. You have other friends? <laughs> yeah, I have the one other friend, and I was texting with him, and um, <laughs> he said like, man, that was a great play call. So. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing a little bit more from this offense. You know, I just love, I just love offense. So, um, just hoping that they can sort of continue and like, and like, let's maybe be decent. You know, for the first time since what 2009, uh, I guess, or I guess you know 2013 was pretty good. But mm-hmm. you know, the Vic years, stuff like that. Like, it's been a while. It's been a long time since we've seen some competent offense. Like, let's get back there. For me, Matt. I have a couple final thoughts, so please bear with me. Okay. First, uh, I have to Number thank one. our sponsor, uh, Stamps.com. You know, we, <laughs> we, we uh, <laughs> this podcast wouldn't be possible without them. So, Stamps.com, please go there today. Um, not actually a sponsor. Uh, another <laughs> use, thing, use promo code whatever. Yeah, <laughs> promo code not a sponsor. I think anything works. Uh, you could just type in anything, and you're not going to get a discount. I assure you, you might get an error, <laughs> as Matt said. Um, another thing, I don't know how I didn't mention this at the beginning of the show. Um, I'm moving on, Matt. You may you may have heard this. Yeah, am, we haven't uh, talked about it. It's kind of it's kind of a bittersweet moment. I mean, I'm still going to be on the podcast, so don't worry. Not that I think anyone would be worried about that, but if if you were for some reason, please do not worry. I'll still be on BGN Radio, obviously, but I but I am moving on. I won't be at Bleeding Green. I'm starting Philadelphia Magazine as effective uh, September 6th, Tuesday. So I'm, I'm still with BGN here for a little bit until the rest of the preseason and everything. But once the regular season starts, you know, moving over to Philly Mag, I'm teaming up with uh, Josh Paulneal, trying to replace two great and two legendary Eagles beat writers, former Eagles beat, well, one former Eagles beat writer and Shil Kapadia and, and still current Eagles beat writer now working at ESPN also, Tim McManus. So, you know, I'm excited about that. Also kind of sad to leave BGN, but, uh, you know, good, good, happy to be still on the BGN team. Uh, and I think that's about it. So just that just about does it here for us. Uh, Bleeding Green Nation radio episode number 183. I should have said this earlier in the show, and I shouldn't have saved this to now, but please subscribe, uh, rate 
our podcast. We love the reviews. We should start reading reviews. Writes to Ricky Sanchez reads their reviews. I feel like we should just steal that from them. You want to uh, do it right now? You want to do that right now? We could do one yeah. to end it out. Um, Let's do it. I know uh, they're, they're a hardworking intern and definitely real definitely intern. Definitely real. Uh, Kristen, uh, who runs the Facebook account, and obviously Philip, who runs the – who's not an intern anymore, no, I guess. he's now the director of data science and of um, analytics. A very real promotion for a very real person. Definitely yeah. not. Definitely a, not. Uh, definitely not a fake – person definitely all right real. so <laughs> yeah just like all of us uh, um now that we've been stalling and trying to get to the bgn radio page as we get along all right ratings and reviews you guys, this, is, this is a really good podcast you guys you guys should read funny leave funnier reviews yeah we need see that's the thing we need funnier reviews because then we could read some um I don't think we have a lot of funny ones here. Uh, how about this one from... This is a good podcasting right here. How about... What if we just read a bad one? Okay. Let's read a very most critical. Um, what the hell? <laughs> That's the name of the type. Two stars, which I think is interesting. Um, <coughs> what the hell is up with this best of garbage i want to listen to the whole show not what you deem best <laughs> stop doing this <laughs> i thought i was going to get a solid three hours to listen to because you had a full show but no that's super lame i think this is referring to when sometimes we were on uh the radio earlier this year and oh, yeah just, john cut the episodes down because they were like four hours like he, he yeah i'm not sure how many commercials for um for <laughs> yeah. the tomato pie you, you guys want to hear but there's a lot of them but don't worry, I think, if, if that was an issue for you, I don't think we're going to be doing that uh, moving forward. You know, we're going to be on WIP, and I think John's probably just going to put the full shows on there because I think they're only going to they're going to be two-hour BGN radio shows. So yeah. so don't worry about that, uh, Timothy R. And in the future, again, we'll, hopefully you'll leave us funny reviews that we can read. But So please do that and subscribe to us on iTunes. Subscribe. This uh, was a terrible know. idea. <laughs> it was, Matt. Um, Google Play. Uh, give us a rating, give us a high rating, and give us an even better review. Yeah. Um, buy a t-shirt. Buy a t-shirt. BGNRadio.com. Uh, I think that just about does it. So we're going to end it there. Uh, this has been Brandon Lee Gowton. This has been Matt Daring for BGN Radio episode 183 here on com and BGNRadio.com. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. <laughs>